Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part two of this interview with Kat James on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. So, so, you, so you made that fateful turn into a health food store. And yeah. in that health food store, what what did you see? Did you talk to people? Did you talk to the owners or people there? No. What made you decide to do what you did at that point? I spoke with no one. I went to the book section, and I looked up in all the indexes, liver, 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 liver. And it said consistent things. And I only went to health food stores for, I mean, I, I started eating healthier once I started working in New York City. Um, brown rice. I was eating almost an advanced health food diet. Uh, brown rice, steel-cut oats for breakfast, um, and lots and lots of vegetables. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm here to tell you that uh, once someone is gone biochemically, they can use a plate of brown rice like a hard drug. And I would binge on healthy food and even desserts from the raw food, bakery, things like that. So that was my extent of utilizing a health food store. Um, I did not believe in supplements. I did not. It was surreal for me to be standing there at the checkout counter after looking at the indexes of these books with milk thistle, acylopoic acid, um, fish oil, Probiotics. So at first it was pretty much milk thistle and alpha lipoic acid based on. I was amazed that these books agreed with each other. So what you did basically is you got some education. You educated yourself. You know, yes. and I have to congratulate you for that because most people uh, don't take the time to educate themselves. That's where that yeah. freedom issue comes in. But you were smart enough to read those books and decide that you were going to change your life, change your intake uh, in a major way. So yeah. really, 
if you were to characterize that change in what you ate, what would you say is the characteristic of the difference? Well, I didn't change my diet that much right then. Um, my focus was on stopping the liver damage. And so I took these things and saw my numbers improve over a couple of months. Uh, and then finally, I, it was surreal the day that I walked in and they said, he, he said, your, your numbers are normal. And he hit his desk and said, what did you do? And I, and I couldn't even believe it. I said, I started taking, you know, milk thistle and alpha-lipoic acid and, and a couple of other things. And he, he just shooed me out of his office. Um, and, uh, and then I, but, but knowing that my numbers were normal, I went back in the health food store and looked at the book section again, and that was the beginning of my absolute insatiable need to read stuff. And so I saw a book called, oh, The Yeast Connection. I saw a book called Sugar Blues, one called Why Am I So Depressed, one called Why Am I So Tired, <laughs> and the tired one was about thyroid. The depression one, of course, you know, sent me to St. John's Wort uh, for depression. And um, and the sugar blues got me to start taking chromium and vanadyl sulfate. And I'm, uh, I mean, I'm just, I just said, I'm going to take what these things are. And, and it didn't even hit me until I saw my digestion was returning. Uh, my body was feeling firmer. I mean, something made me actually reach down and, you know, grab my thigh because it was, it was, I felt differently in my genes. Um, this is what happened over the next few months. And then probably the big clincher was I had horrible eczema on my chin and my eyelids and pe peeling between my eyebrows and my nose, scaling on my whole body. And all of a sudden, this normal screaming of my skin that I would feel after a shower and I would always reach for extra, extra, extra dry skin cream, all of a sudden I, I, I felt nothing and I realized my skin isn't screaming. And that was my wake up. That was the moment. Um, that I believed, and finally, um, that was my revela revelatory moment that, wow, all of this stuff that I took has completely changed the nature of my skin. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes a, you know, an external or a superficial thing. Uh, it's just like um, it, what it takes some people to wear sunscreen is to hear that they're going to get wrinkles. But uh, that was my wake-up. So... Uh, going along from that point, you then, in some way, you did change your diet because I know that now uh, you have changed yeah. your way of eating. And so there was a transformation, not only... Yeah, after the fact. Yeah, after so the fact. This was a, so, you know, so, let, so let yeah. me ask you, okay? You have now have a career uh, that involves that kind of advice and helping people transform... Uh, their lives through emotional improvement and through eating improvement. Um, what what changed in your diet? And I see here. I mean, what makes your approach that you're currently doing now than different than like low carb, low glycemic, paleo, those kind of things, which have are really focused in on the the risk of carbohydrate intake. Uh, and you know very very well that I also believe that carbohydrate intake is yeah. really uh, a very bad thing to do. And you know, from Robert Atkins, thirty forty years ago, 
when he started his low carbohydrate diets, uh, of course he was from New York City, as you as you well know. Yeah. And he, what he said was that that our obesity epidemic in this country be- began when we started this low calorie, uh, low fat diet. In which, because when you take out the calories and you take out the fat, you're left pretty much with carbohydrates in some form or another. And you know, if yeah. you go to the you go to the store and you start reading some of these low fat. Uh, low-calorie uh, snacks and things like that, they're enormously high uh, in, in carbohydrates. And the average American uh, diet is currently now 800 to 1,200 grams of carbohydrates a day, which is just yeah. astronomical. So yeah. you did, after you realized the importance of supplements, you then took a very different approach in terms yeah. of what you actually put in your mouth. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just I think you'll kind of find it entertaining. It was an incremental change. I was a massively into grains. Um, I would order ten pound bags in New York City and take a you know a Vitamix and you know pump out different bread batches, etc. I was still into grains. Had my initial you know kind of biochemical change where my liver was fixed, and I uh, but. Um, there were a couple of things that happened. I remember being on a photo shoot, um, and the hotel in L.A. where I was staying had no room service at the time. I had a choice between nuts or a candy bar in the mini bar. ate the nuts, and I wasn't even that much of a fat eater. And that was, I was always having whole grains at almost every meal, and this was a time where I only ate nuts before I went to sleep, noticed that, I was flat across my abdomen in the morning, and I thought that was really strange. And then the other uh, thing that happened a few months later that made me experiment with simply um, not eating grains, uh, it was I was making some of this homemade bread one time, and it came out inedible. It was horrible tasting, and I thought, how do I salvage this? I'll try to toast it, or maybe do I even have any butter? And so I looked and found this little scrap of butter that had been sitting in my refrigerator for maybe probably a year and buttered it and was shocked that at one o'clock came around one o'clock in the afternoon I hadn't thought about lunch and more than that I had no dip or kind of pre-lunch thinking about food um, or no change in energy so the next day I put butter on both sides of one piece of that toast and it was astounding, and that was the last time I had grain for breakfast. But I was—I had not read low carb. Uh, this is a long time ago. You know, this, we're talking like ninety-one. And uh, and so, and then I said, I'm going to try not having any grain for lunch and see what happens. It was like over a year's time reducing it, and then finally removing it from my dinner. At which point, and I'll never forget this. I was uh, at my ex-boyfriend's house opening the refrigerator and looked in, and like an animal, I said to myself, where's the food? There's no food in here. I needed fat. And I would do crazy things like on photo shoots when everyone was eating the croissants and the bagels, uh, would sneak some cream cheese or some cream from the coffee bar and, and just say, okay, I'm good. I mean, total calmness. Like I had, and my body and everything changing beyond recognition, uh, and it was just uh, incredible. Everything worked better. 
my skin, unbelievable. Uh, not to say that I was living on little bits of cream cheese and cream, um, but I was better off than the people eating the big, you know, bowl of granola um, with all the berries on it. We have to take a quick break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Cat James after this. Well, you know, uh, that's really the essence of, of low-carbohydrate. Uh, that's really the essence of the theory of why low-carbohydrate diets uh, do work, is because when you do eat the carbohydrates, they force a release of insulin, which then drops your blood sugar, which makes you even hungrier. And one of the key yep. characteristics of a low-carbohydrate diet is that you don't have that craving, you don't have that hunger that constantly plagues people who eat a lot of carbohydrates. I'm going to remind everyone that we're talking with Kat James. Uh, her website is www.informedbeauty. That's I-N-F-O-R-M-E-D-beauty.com. Uh, and that's a good place to get to know Kat and go to her website. I've been there. It's got an awful lot of stuff in it and uh, good information. And uh, I suggest you go there. But Kat, now that once you transformed your transformed your eating, you transformed your your food intake, your your health level, you you turned yourself into basically a new person, and then you started helping others. Did you not? Yeah, um, it's interesting because as soon as the weight started coming off, as I mentioned before, you know, this is when I did a lot of spokesperson things because suddenly, you know, the good makeup artists. Um, was camera ready all of a sudden. So I did a little detour of different contracts, Maybelline, Max Factor, a spokesperson, uh, and was just offered a Sears, uh, and then I heard myself say no. Um, and I had been filling, filling file cabinets, this is oh, it's just the beginning of the Internet, um, with health information, uh, and knew I had to write this book and entered a really interesting um, era of my life um, where I was foregoing any of these contracts and sort of became an impoverished writer because this was a seven-year, it's a 400-page book with 60 pages of medical references, and uh, it's quite uh, encyclopedic in addition to being uh, having the auto, you know biographical part, but... Uh, in major labor of love, and if I hadn't had a small little publisher, you know, uh, larger publishers tried to get me to just, you know, do top ten beauty tips, and, and here I have, you know, this thing that has kind of sold more each year because it it works, and it's different. You asked earlier, you know, what what's different between this and paleo and typical low carb. And um, the benefit of living along with people, starting out with cruises and different events, um, living along with people maybe uh, 10 days in Tuscany or, or Maui or the Caribbean uh, and a lot of different uh, everywhere around the country um, has given me a really hands-on view of what happens uh, when people eat along with me. And also, here's the key difference. Um, the need to calibrate to the individual the threshold 
and, and have people learn by feel and not by number the threshold at which their blood sugar spikes because when the blood sugar spikes, you have the, you know, the insulin reaction you just described and the leptin, uh, the lesser known piece of it and having huge impact on self-control and, you know, um, if you have sensitivity to insulin, all these great things happen. Uh, if you have sensitivity to leptin, uh, you become a fat-burning machine, but also uh, it even grows the cerebral cortex to have leptin sensitivity. It literally, it's like your self-control returns, uh, as, you, as you talked about. And uh, I didn't know that I was doing that for people until uh, Ron Rosedale, uh, arguably the foremost expert on the hormone leptin, uh, found out what I was doing and said he didn't wasn't aware of anyone else resensitizing this to someone to leptin, which is very different than what happens uh, unless, except for with fit people. I always call it the Targan, the, the Tarzan metabolism or the Adam and Eve people that can become sensitive to leptin or go all the way um, with just a paleo approach. But most people like me, uh, they exploit loopholes maybe they have yeast issues, sugar cravings, um, if you're a very poor sleeper, adrenal issues, etc., you are going to take the little things that paleo allows and exploit and not achieve this total quantum leap and benefit, which is being sensitive to leptin. You know, there's a lot of benefit toward doing this as a group. You know, uh, the days when, if you had psychi- psychiatric or psychological problems, you'd go and meet one-on-one with a psychiatrist. I mean, that's all well and good. But when it comes to things like eating, eating is a very social activity. We all entertain. We entertain our uh, friends. We, we always eat. People come to the house. Well, the first thing you do is you take out the food, and you sit around the table, and you snack, and you talk. Uh, and so... Really, what you have done is you've taken the natural social being, the natural social person, and using that social experience to teach a new way of living. Because when you have a group of people, and you have a group of people, and they're all eating the right way, it's a lot easier to give up the old habits that aren't working. Yeah. And, And Dr. Dan, the thing is, is so many people believe that this is going to be a big, uh, you know, willpower, self-deprivation thing. And that that's the first thing, because I, I always think, what would the woman I was, how would she feel the first night of this program, afraid that she's not going to be able to, you know, eat sweets or eat creamy or, you know, favorite things. And that's the first thing that I set out to deprogram, and I'm, I'm really a foodie. Um, and so... Uh, the way that I eat, the way that I appreciate food and savor it, uh, because people would, you know, it's halfway through your plate of whatever when you have uh, this resensitization, hormonal resensitization, and you've gone through it, it's shocking that you could be eating a plate of the best-tasting cheesecake, and it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm done. It's a totally new thing. Many people, certainly people with eating disorders, Uh, have never experienced that in their life, their adult life. That concludes part two of this interview with Kat James on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Tune in next week for the conclusion. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. 
Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Thank <laughs> you.